Okay, so I thought we would start at least by just unmuting the five microphones. So let me introduce our five panelists. I'll do it again after we, since uh, in maybe in 10 minutes when, when everybody's arrived, but Greg Heim uh, is the chief economist and he writes a market report every month and he is tracking the New York market. And I thought he would be an expert and an excellent uh, person to have on the panel talking about uh, what I perceive and a lot, of perce a lot perceive as a migration out of New York, the great exodus. So I want to ask Greg whether the numbers bear that out. Um, I've got Stephen Kligerman, and he is the head of new development for Terra Holdings and Brown Harris Stevens and uh, Halstead in New York. And I, I guess that means that you sell big buildings, right? Big new buildings with thousands of apartments. We sell uh, new development condos and uh, also work on rentals anywhere from a, could be a 20 unit building, could be hundreds of units, absolutely. Arnold Karp, I'm gonna share my screen, although a lot of the people on the call are familiar. Arnold is currently making his $100 million bet in downtown New Canaan, uh, but he's not just limited to one project at a time. You have 12 other luxury houses throughout Fairfield County for sale on your website and um, ranging from Greenwich, Roatan, and New Canaan, right? Nothing in Darien right now? Nothing in Darien, correct. Maybe Jamie can help you with that. I was gonna say, Jamie hasn't invited me into town. Harder to find land in, in Darien. <laughs> That's true. All right, we'll come back to the merit in a, in a moment, but uh, actually before we leave it, so what are we looking at, Arnold? Right now, you are looking at the two rental buildings. Uh, the one in the back is actually B, and the one that uh, is uh, in the closer part of the screen is A. Those are rentals that will start uh, December 1st of this year. Uh, they will be ready. All the green grass will be in. So uh, we'll start uh, marketing those uh, in October. 59 for sale and 40 rentals? Nope, you have it reversed. 40 for sale, 59 rentals. Uh, the rentals range in size from one to three bedroom with a den. And the condominiums run from a single one bedroom up to, uh, we have a four bedroom model. So a lot of, lot of different product available. Okay. All right, I'm gonna stop sharing the screen. We're gonna now get to Jamie Stevenson. I wanted to ask Jamie on the call because she's been running Darien, not just for a couple of years, but what, 11 years you've been running Darien? Oh, she's muted. All right, where do we unmute her? Where is she? Unmute. Okay, have you been running Darien for 11 years? I became first selectman in 2011. Is Darien the best run town in Connecticut? Definitely one of the best, yes. Okay. But that's because I have a great team. And you just, ah, so humble. And did you just lower the taxes one more time in Darien? We did. We did. It was a concerted effort in the face of the financial pressures of coronavirus to give our taxpayers a little bit of a break this year. And you're already the second lowest taxes in the state. I believe that's true. And now they're getting lower because you think that's what New Yorkers want, or it's basically just to give our current residents a break? Well, I think it's appealing to everyone. They want to make sure that the town they live in is well-managed and can provide the services that people expect at a reasonable price. Um, we are very frugal in Darien. Uh, we've always been fiscally conservative. Um, we have great conservative financial principles that are followed uh, by our Board of Finance every year. Um, we don't bond for operating ever. Uh, we keep a very healthy fund balance. Uh, we're taking a little bit of money from our fund balance this year to help offset the budget, uh, because, but that was generally because our fund balance is overfunded at this time in relation to the Board of Finance policy. So it's really important to us that we keep our strong AAA credit rating to be uh, you know, a strong player in the credit markets. And those things have stood us in a very good uh, place over the years. And right now, it's very evident that 
conservative fiscal policy is going to get us through the time of the virus. All right. So um, I've introduced four of my panelists. We've gotten The Economist. We've gotten new development, new buildings in New York. We've talked to Arnold, who's betting on New Canaan. Jamie is running Darien and Scott Hobbs. Tell us, Scott, I, I think I introduced you as a guy who builds $20 million houses. And you corrected me this afternoon and said, no, 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 don't say that, John. So what's the right answer? What do you do? Uh, we do all sorts of constru uh, custom construction work, ranging from even maintenance and small projects, all the way up to $35 million plus projects. And we do those across Northern New Jersey, New York City, uh, the Hamptons, and then also Fairfield and Westchester County, plus up into Litchfield. Can everyone see that on the screen? All yes. Right. That's what Scott builds. All right. So are they still building this after the pandemic, after 20% unemployment and a 25% dip in GDP? Is this what they're still building? Are they still calling you up? We, we've always tried to maintain a healthy backlog. And going into this, we had a healthy backlog. The reality at the very high end of the market is that it seldom suffers a huge recession just because for some of the, the biggest and most complicated projects, there's just a limited pool of people who can execute them and execute them properly. Um, downstream, there's definitely, as you get into, you know, three to $5 million type projects, there's definitely, a, it's more competitive. We are seeing more people coming out from the city in order to raise their families. Um, there's definitely people moving out of the area in general, heading down to Florida. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a mixed bag as to what the full market looks like, but demand and supply of labor tends to seek somewhat of an equilibrium. So if there is some sort of a big boost in the amount of construction that's needed, then there's no question that the, the supply of labor will be stretched in order to, accom um, to accomplish that. And so operating I, put on, I put on the screen, biggest home, big boom in New York. Are you also seeing uh an equal backlog in the city and in the hamptons are you seeing a backlog generally in the tri-state area or are you seeing a shift of energy each market's different and new york city is really special because you know new york city is run on mass transit and elevators and if you want to socially distance mass transit and elevators are very hard to do so you know, we're still waiting for not only new york city to open but each of the individual buildings to go ahead and open and say how they will allow for construction and we're very worried about how much productivity we can make happen. I mean, some of the buildings have one service elevator and there might be 25 apartments that have work on going on. And if they only allow one person or two people in an elevator, that's going to really curtail the, uh, curtail the production. Meanwhile, in the Hamptons right now, there, there was a lot of activity. Hamptons is the rental market is off the charts. A lot of things that were sitting around for a while it's sold. There was one, uh, I don't know if you guys saw in the wall street journal, but there was one, uh, kind of funny social uh, um, family dynamic that they brought up where a husband had been waiting for a great deal in the Hamptons for a long time. And then this struck and his wife really stuck the knife in him about the fact that he was being too cheap and now they couldn't actually get a house that they wanted for a reasonable price. And so he was willing to pay anything in order to actually get his family a place to have a retreat outside of the Hamptons. And I think inside of any spousal relationship, uh, it's never comfortable for one party to, uh, for one party to, to be in that position when their other party had told them to uh, do something earlier. Steve Kligerman, what are you seeing? I've just asked Scott and he very diplomatically said that they're still building in, in New York. They're still building out here. There's still a lot of energy and we've just seen a momentary pause. That's what I heard. Is that what you're seeing? Well, I, I will tell you that our clients that had, uh, that have projects in the pipeline right now in a, in a pre-development phase are still, are still planning. Yeah. That no, no one has scrapped a project that I know of. No one has put it on hold. We're still having weekly uh, design and architecture meetings. We're still having weekly marketing meetings and we're planning for launches of those buildings either in the uh, either fall or early, uh, early 2021 in, you know, in general uh, sales volume is, is down obviously. Um, but we're encouraged that sales volume as uh, people, I guess, get used to this new normal um, has picked up. Each week, our number of virtual tour requests has, has steadily increased and our number of offers have, have increased. So 
you know, business is still off between 70 and 80%, depending on which uh, area of the city. But that's only focused. a month, right? That's only uh, a that's, month. That's since March 15th. Okay, six yeah. weeks. The chart you see on the screen in front of you is uh, building permits, which were up 27% in New York last year. And, the, and as part of that, the average price was coming down. Average well, yeah. price. Yeah, so average price did come down. Um, and Greg can speak to you about that. But the first two months of 2020, March, uh, January and February, we had about a 44% increase in total uh, deal volume, signed contracts, and a 33, I believe, percent increase in total dollar volume. So the market pre-COVID was trending in the right direction. Building permits come and go. Building permits are, are, are dependent on a lot of different, are in a lot of different um, matrices, right? But it's, it's deal flow that we're looking at right now, and deal flow is down. It's down 75% from where we should be this time of year in the heat of a, of a spring marketplace. Uh, but I am encouraged that, that people are still out there looking, and they're looking virtually. It's, it's undeniable that this event is going to have uh, an economic impact on the real estate industry. Uh, there was an article uh, just, just today uh, in Cranes, you know, talking about the, the drop in revenue that will come from transfer taxes and from taxes on, on building supplies and taxes on new development. It's going to have an impact for the next two to three years. The question is just how, how hard is that impact? And, you know, right now, we're cautiously optimistic that buyer demand is still there. The question really is, will people get back to working? Will they get back to full, uh, their, their, their full income? Or are they going to be making less and thus can afford less? And, and that's really the question. Because the people that unfortunately in New York City that we are working with um, are at the higher end of the income level. And those people I think were actually hurt less than the people in the middle and lower end. So I actually think affordable housing is going to be much more important going forward in the city. And I think there's going to be huge opportunities in the affordable housing market if the city aligns with the affordable developers. Okay, Greg. <laughs> there's so many questions I have to ask. First of all, what's affordable? Because the average price in New York of those apartments that are coming online is now down to $1.8 million. Where in Darien, if we look at Jamie Stevenson, the average price on my market report, and I'll pull it up, uh, in Darien, the average price in Darien just rose from 1.4. I'm going to pull it up. Oh, I lost it because I've got my, my mayor apartment. 1.4 to 1.5. So I just think that's interesting. So when you talk about affordable housing in New York, what is that? Well, it's certainly a relative term, you know, when I think of affordable housing, I think of subsidized housing or housing that right. is geared towards certain levels of income. Because, I mean, the, the 1.8 million average price includes new development. If you strip that out, it's closer to a million and a half. And I think in areas like Manhattan and the Hamptons, people think everything is really expensive, but both markets traditionally, half the sales are for under a million dollars. <laughs> And I think that's, that, that gets lost in all this. But I, I can tell you, just to go back to your building permits comment, there were two things on that that, that um, need to be explained. Steve hinted at one of them. Not every permit becomes a unit. Um, also, some of those could be rentals. Or, Most uh, of them, actually 90% of them right. are probably rentals. And if you noticed in 2015 on that chart, there was a tremendous spike. What happened was is a popular tax exemption so yeah, 2015, a popular tax exemption called 421A was going away. So everybody who ever thought about developing anything got their building permits in to qualify for that very valuable exemption. And we have the highest permit numbers in more than 50 years. So since then, things have been like slowly recovering. Um, but look, I, I think that New York has a challenge of oversupply at the luxury side of the market. But we don't have the same problem with more affordable stuff. The stuff that we're seeing now, Steve mentioned contracts are, are down about 80%. Uh, 
But, you know, the average price for those is even lower, about one four, because that's the stuff that is still in short supply and hard to find and also interest rate sensitive and, and rates being as low as they are. So, you know, and remember, New York City has five boroughs. It's not all luxury skyscrapers that, that get built. And, you know, the, the other thing people have to remember is that, you know, we, we have different product types than most places. And, you know, that hurts us in the case of social distancing when so much of the luxury product is in high rises. But also, you know, you, you can get a townhouse in Manhattan or Queens or wherever you want to look in Brooklyn. So I think there's a lot more choice. You know, Darien is a much smaller market, which is traditionally done very well. It's a different, you know, people that want social distancing, why not get, you know, we don't talk about acres of land in, in Manhattan. And where I live in Long Island, we don't do that either because nobody has that much property. But, um, and unlike Darien, we're not conservatively run. You know, New York City has a real budget problem. Yeah. And, and to Greg's point- like, John, instance, you're muted. John, you're muted. Uh, John, yeah, you're, you muted yourself, John. <laughs> Probably you know, best. You know, John, but to Greg's point, for instance, we're seeing a lot more buying activity and interest right now in Brooklyn and Queens than we are in Manhattan. Because again, it's different price points. Uh, you know, there's articles, many articles about people, you know, leaving Manhattan temporarily uh, because of COVID. But like our mid-rise buildings in Brooklyn and Queens still have uh, more interest, I would say right now than, than a high rise in Manhattan. So, so we, and we've even had buyers tell us um, anywhere from about, I would say, nine hundred thousand to two million. Okay, so if I look at the Fairfield County chart, everything we're selling is nine hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand to two million. That makes okay. sense. It's two million. Yeah. And Norwalk is at and Stanford are at seven hundred thousand, and so yeah, we're we're so I want to understand why why. I have, I have a couple of different questions. One, we see in the chart on the screen the effect of tax changes. And then the next tax change was salt. So why, why are we building as fast as we can in New York? And, you and you're saying that New York will be able to absorb all those 27% growth, no problem. So they're going to they're gonna continue to buy in New York and they're going to continue to buy in Darien because Jamie just lowered the taxes, and, <laughs> right? You're no, making a big assumption about that 27%. I think you're harping on it a little too much. Um, okay. When you see a 27% increase in building permits at a time where employment has never been higher in New York City, more people live in New York City than they ever have, more people visit New York City than they ever have, I'm not making this a New York versus Connecticut argument. What I'm saying is that the right amount of product, and Steve would tell you this, if we built more million to $3 million apartments, they would fly off the shelves faster than, than Steve could market them. The problem is we've been building the wrong product the last couple of years. Um, but anything that goes up that's affordable gets gobbled up in seconds, even in a time like this. And I think that's the thing you have to remember. And people will go to the suburbs first because I can take my car to the listing. I don't have to come in contact with people. I don't have to worry about a doorman, an elevator ride, all of that stuff. So I, I do think you're seeing anybody who can leave a crowded building or high-rise building doing that for sure. Well, also, I think the flight is also, you know, you see, uh, and, and I think the, the article in the New York Times the other day mentioned it, you see flight to Connecticut, flight to other suburbs, because also, remember, a lot, of, a lot of students, a lot of children, I would say, between the ages of 9 and 18, use mass transit every day to get to school. And I think a lot of the parents who can afford to move out of the city right now are moving out of the city because they don't want their kids on the subway in the fall. They also don't know which schools will be open and what their schedules are going to be. So it's a lot easier for them to move to the suburbs where they know they can, they can drop their kid off in the morning, pick them up in the afternoon or their school buses or whatever there is. So I think you're seeing a lot of that. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. I think you're going to see the, those $5 million and up buyers looking at their options right now. But I agree with Greg. I think if we had more affordable for Manhattan uh, inventory, you'd see, you, you'd see those get 
absorb faster. But I think the suburbs are certainly going to benefit from this horrible, uh, you know, pandemic. Okay, so what we've heard is that the average price is going down in New York. Somebody corrected me on uh, in the chat window, and they're right. The price has gone from a million five to a million four in Darien. Um, so getting getting more affordable in Darien and lower taxes in Darien. Is that why they move out here, Jamie? Is that why they're looking at Darien? I think there's a few reasons why they look at Darien. Um, I'd probably put lifestyle at the top of the list. Uh, young families eventually, I think, still want to be in a place where their kids have some room to play. Uh, it's all about education in southwestern Connecticut. You guys certainly know that in New Canaan. Um, and in this very unusual time of e-learning, astute parents are going to be shopping around for the school districts that have been able to smoothly implement uh, a really good e-learning program and uh, to be able to give the kids the tools they need to have the teachers that are engaged to be able to deliver that in, in a good way for the students. Uh, so I think that, unfortunately, it, it is the case across Connecticut that education disparities usually differentiate the parents with small kids. They're going to want places that have beautiful parks like Waveney and swimming pools like you have and beaches like we have and, and boating and healthy living, I think, is going to drive the day on where people want to live, at least for a while. Give a little open space, a little a little green grass so that if you can't get outside, you've got your own little patch of healthy living. I do believe that we will benefit tremendously from uh, folks who are looking for that environment, at least in the, in the near to midterm. All right, so who wants to answer this? So what I heard from Greg last night was he said, I think people are gonna move out of the city, but I don't think that they're necessarily moving out permanently. I think that Steve is still gonna to continue to sell those apartments that the Toll Brothers are building as fast as they can, and they're gonna move out to Connecticut for a second home. I don't hear Jamie talking about being a second home community. Scott, you build a lot of second homes, maybe you see it, and I see Arnold not talking about building more houses, five bedroom houses, but he's actually targeting the seniors. So I see a lot of different directions among the five panelists. Second homes, families, seniors. What is the borough to the burbs phenomenon? Is it really about families leaving the city permanently to move to Darien for the school system and a change of life? Or, or is it the second home phenomenon? Scott, you wanna start? Uh I throw in just two things. I mean, I think the, the giant unknown is when does New York City return to some semblance of normal? Because New York City under shutdown with no museums, restaurants, ball games, theater, all of that is very different than the normal, you know, the, the New York City of uh, three months ago. Um, and I think that'll drive some of those um, demographics. If it returns to normal soon, whatever that means, um, then I think that you can see that this, will, this may be somewhat fleeting. But we had seen again that the millennials, as you reach school age children, you want some more square footage, you want the better school system, you want the, the I'll call it quote, safe amenities of beaches and town pools and parks that are um, a little bit more confined than what you would find in the city. We definitely have clients that, um, well, I mean, we have one client that we're finishing up a house for in Derry in Greenwich, and they had intended to use it as a summer place as to get together a summer compound for their family. And it's now going to be the permanent residence for the next year. Does that mean that they're going to be back in it? They're going to sell their New York City place? I don't think so. I think they'll probably keep it. And that'll maintain their, their main residence going forward. But who knows? They may become permanent Greenwich residents. Meanwhile, their kids, who are adult children, kids with kids of their own, they're talking about leaving and coming out to the suburbs, which is understandable for families with young kids that if you don't have a playground, I mean, you can't use a playground and you're in an apartment, that's frustrating. Now, when all the playgrounds open up again and you have all the parks back and all the amenities of the city, I, I think it's unknown as to whether or not they'll be back. And I think it's timing of how quickly New York City gets, um, gets back on its feet. I agree with Scott. And I think you know our point of reference, the best point of reference that we have, unfortunately, is 
After 9-11, uh, families fled lower Manhattan in particular uh, to the suburbs. And within two years, uh, I, I, there was a report, I can't find it, but I will, that the vast majority of those families actually returned to the city. Um, I think people who live in cities are city dwellers and eventually they come back. Um, but not all of them will, some will stay out. But on the other hand, I just heard about a couple that lives in my town that is moving into the city because they think they can get a better deal right now. And they've always wanted to live in the city and they're renting their house in Westchester and they're gonna move back out. John, I'll take the other side of this one, which is I think we're far from declaring New York City dead. On the other hand, I believe that once we get people out to suburbia, be it Connecticut or New Jersey, um, and they see life is actually easier in the suburbs. You need to get things. Yes, you don't have the 24-hour bodega on the corner, but again, education being important, open space being important. And at this point, since nobody really has a great handle on what's coming up in the future, we're seeing not only people who are coming out uh, using existing inventory, and those are people who are looking to get children not only into schools, but I have two couples right now uh, not coming from New York, but from other parts of the country because their children are coming here. And with flights being a difficulty, they've said, I'm not going to be 3,000 miles or more away from my grandchildren. I've missed seeing them for two or three months. That's an important part of my life. So we're working with two clients who bought first floor master bedrooms in New Canaan, which were for a while difficult to sell. Um, and I think it's also the change of lifestyle. People who are New York people who have the wherewithal will keep their New York apartments. Most of the world doesn't have that ability but all of a sudden we're getting a lot of phone calls on renovation, restoration of an older, tired house, Fairfield or Westchester County that people weren't looking at, quite honestly, three months ago. Now they're saying, geez, if I can make this move, I will think about doing it. And this is a good time. You know, prices are still relatively low because we haven't seen everybody come yet. Uh, I think uh, if you look at, value versus what you can get right now. There's still good numbers out there. And, and people are starting to see, you know, even if I don't want to get on the elevator, I'm in suburbia, I can walk out my house, be in my front yard, walk the city streets. You know, I live in old Greenwich uh, now, and there are more people on the streets than I believed lived in old Greenwich. <laughs> well, the other thing too is the exodus John, what I was saying yesterday is the exodus from New York City has already started for the luxury owners who are leaving because of the loss of salt deduction. Already, we don't have complete data on it, but it's already been by some estimates, you know, over 150,000 rich people that have packed up and moved. My point was that there's certainly the suburbs benefit from the desire to, to escape density for sure, and that will happen. But our biggest concern in New York City is the flight to Florida and Texas and no tax states because that is the biggest challenge. And with deficits now at the uh, city and state level that are mind blowing, you know, because again, not being conservatively run like they're in, they, <laughs> they, when they have multi-billion dollar deficits at all levels, I mean, I'm sure the federal government will bail them out to a degree, but there's a very, strong movement to raise taxes on the wealthy further. There's, you know, renewed talks of a pied-a-terre tax. So that also will drive people. I think it's just a combination of things that eventually push certain people to leave. And I don't know if going to a similar tax state is necessarily going to be their first choice. It will if they want to stay in the area, for sure. They'll look at Connecticut, Long Island, and Westchester. But I think the bigger flight is to low tax states or no tax states. I'd like to, if I could weigh in a little bit here, um, I think there's some game changers uh, with this particular health crisis that are even different from 9-11. As terrible as that was, um, we all put great trust in our federal government and our defense systems that they were going to figure out how to keep terrorists out of the United States. This public health crisis is so individual and has everybody 
you know, looking at their world through their different fear lens and what that means and how they can protect themselves and their families. And one of those ways is to find a different way of living. Uh, and I think we're not going to go back to the days when people are flocking on the trains into New York City to go to their jobs, which was an inhibitor for people living in the suburbs, quite frankly. Uh, takes a lot of time out of your life to get on the train a couple hours every day. But now you're going to have the, the latitude going forward to work from wherever you are, like many of our kids. But look at the millennials as well. I have five of them. I have five kids who are all of millennial age. So um, I know how they want to live too. And they live in these incredible apartments with all these amenities, pools and gyms. Those things have been shut down. They feel completely isolated in their little apartment because they don't have those community amenities. And the only place, well, one of the best places you can find those is in small towns like in southwestern Connecticut. And I believe we have a huge opportunity. I think it's so well-timed, a little bit scary, but these three transit-oriented developments that we have in Darien, David Genovese being one of them, I think is going to be tremendously successful, even more so now uh, with the fallout of the coronavirus. So I'm, I'm an optimist through all of this in the long run. I, I agree with you. I, I, first of all, I think Darianne's a great town, and I've spoken to David about his project and seen the plans, and I think it's amazing, and I think that David's project and the CARP project will both be incredibly successful. Mm -hmm. I also agree with you. This is much different than 9-11. This is a global crisis. It's not a national, it's not a local crisis, and it, and, and it wasn't, you know, an unfortunate one-day event that was reasonably uh, easier, I would say, to, to respond to because you put the proper security in place. And, you know, we've been very fortunate that we have not had an event for quite a long time um, or a major event for quite a long time. I think New York City is going to take some time to recover for sure. Um, I think the suburbs are going to be a, a, a great uh, place for people to stay, you know, in the area, but, but flee to for now. And I, I'm hoping, although Greg is right, many have fled to the South, I'm hoping that more will choose to just stay in the tri-state area and support our, our, our economy and, you know, remain here. But we have challenges that we have to face, and I agree. Amenities, uh, the density, the travel, it's going to take time for people to come back. There's no doubt. But all I was saying earlier is I am encouraged that in the $1 to $3 million or $1 to $2 million certainly price point, I'm so surprised by the amount of traffic we're getting virtually. So it seems that people are, are willing to fill those niches in the marketplace. Uh, but I, you know, as we said, I think the upper end of the marketplace is going to, you know, it's going to be troubled. And I think what you'll see in Manhattan is I think you'll see certain buildings that are being built right now immediately um, adapt to address people's concerns with new filtration systems on their HVAC systems, with um, touchless everything, including front doors, where literally you're, when you approach your front door, there'll be a proximity sensor built into your phone, right? And your front door unlocks. And when you get in the elevator, it knows that you're going to the 23rd floor. And I think there'll be a lot of changes that come. And, and I think luckily we have the technology now to address it. But I do think we have a, we have a tough two years ahead of us. There's no doubt. And, 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 years. and, Connecticut, and Connecticut's going to be the benefit, beneficiary of a lot of that. You think this blows over in two years? I didn't say blow over. I think that we have a tough two years and then, I and then I think we'll start to climb out of it. And I think that you'll start to see people get back to some sense of normal if there is a vaccine. If there's no vaccine, then it's a complete game changer. John, I, I will add to it. The one thing that we know is if people are leaving New York or coming, if they can't find the product they're looking for, they will move to the town next door it it used to be I'm moving to town A. Now if town A does not give them the type of housing they're looking for, uh, you know, David uh, and I have spoken about this, they will go to the town next door. If they're looking for a condominium on a single floor, they will go and search that out in various communities. So part of it is, you know, Jamie is the leader in Darien and Kevin in New Canaan um, the mayor in Stanford, you have to offer a variation of housing because if you build only a certain type of product, 
that will turn people off. Uh, you know, look at uh, uh, when we were designed, nobody turned to just two years you'll be, or three years you'll be facing uh, COVID-19 and having 50% open space will become a sales tool. We did it because we thought it made the buildings look more suburban. You know, we will have gotten lucky and due to some good planning and we have a lot of the things that Steve mentioned, you know, fobs that will send you directly to your floor on the elevator, uh, air systems that are specific to your unit. Um, but what we also know is that we have to continue to adapt to what is the new reality. And, you know, one of the reasons, and, you know, I had this discussion in front of planning and zoning in New Canaan. Why was I building condominiums and rentals? You need to get people to fall in love or like their community. They need to pick their preschool or their senior center. And until they're comfortable, they may not buy. On the other hand, if they're renters, that then moves them into, the you know, I call it the old move up. You know, they become renters, they buy their first home, they live in it, they develop some equity, they then sell that, move up the ladder, and then you hope they move down the ladder. But it, it's really a product, you know, it doesn't matter if you're building, you know, uh, a lot of square footage like uh, Scott does for his clients or smaller. If it's not available, they're not coming. Great point. Great. Two years and we climb out of this, but Scott Hobbs tells me that the billionaire waiting for the one elevator that goes to the hundredth floor is getting tired of waiting for an elevator that doesn't have anybody in it. I don't see that going away in two years. Well, luckily, luckily there aren't that many hundred floor buildings in New York City um, and they have really high speed elevators and there's only one of them and it only has two elevators. <laughs> um, but listen, I just got a sales report from one of our downtown Brooklyn sites literally just this moment. We had five inquiries today. That's a normal, that's a normal day midweek this time of year. So, you know, that what I'm saying is there's still demand out there and people- Where are they coming from? Uh, they are- they're Are they cross-town moves? So, uh, no, there are people, there are people, there are locals, there's people coming from the West Coast, there's people coming, you know, because they, they still, you know, not everyone's job is on hold. There are still new jobs that are coming, you know, and, you know, but the majority of our buyers are local. The majority of our buyers are, are from, you know, the tri-state area. Uh, you know, but again, that's a normal day in, in that project. That would be a normal amount of traffic for this time of year. And John, there's also a demographic, sorry. Um, remember, if you're young or currently old, this is a much bigger issue than uh, I'm going to say the youthful 21 through 30-year-old are facing. So there will still be those people who are starting their career in New York and then will come out to suburbia no matter what's going on in the city. So again, uh, seeing what, you know, when, once children or a significant partner arrive on the scene, you think a little bit differently than you did when you were 22 and indestructible. And somebody, we Somebody observed that, that if you went down to the Stanford train station, the trains at, nine, at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning coming out from the city, returning from the city, are dropping off, were dropping off tons and tons of people in Stanford to work there, and then they'd go back to New York City. And as Arnold points out, it, it's one thing when you're young and single or with your, your early time spouse and you're doing this reverse commute. It's another thing when you've got two or three kids and if you're trying to get an apartment for two or three kids in New York City, you, you can buy a lot of house and a lot of land in Connecticut for what it costs for a three or four bedroom house and an apartment in New York. I also think that, like I said, there's so much about human behavior at play here. Once you start having children, uh, and I can speak as a mom, you know, those feelings of really trying to protect your family become so critically centered in your life. And I think that um, women and moms are going to drive some of these decisions about where people are going to live. I know they do typically anyway, but even more so now looking to keep your family in a, a safe and healthy place. 
But then on the flip side, somebody was talking about um, uh, the, at the point in time, probably my husband and I are getting there where you start looking at wealth preservation. You know, your kids are all out of the house and um, you know, you might've bought your house and it was your investment. And that's really sad right now in Connecticut for some of us. Um, but you might make decisions to move to those lower tax states because it's no longer advantageous to be here. So you're always going to have those typical, uh, you know, sort of human housing life cycles, in my opinion. And I think also part that uh, nobody has figured out is getting back to the family uh, concept that uh, Jamie just mentioned. And if you were moving to a low tax state, for estate and tax reasons, the five months and 20 days that you're not gonna be in those low tax states due to weather or something else, you're gonna be wanna be closer to your grandchildren. That is still what I consider the biggest draw for people when they're looking at housing. You know, After education, it's where's my family and how can I see them the most? I mean, most of my contemporaries who have grandchildren are lamenting the fact that they're either uh, stuck in New York, stuck in their house, or that they're looking for something that they can afford, not knowing if the people are going back to the city or what the, the future looks like. But, you know, there's a big allure to, I think we may see multi-generational houses make a big comeback where when grandma and grandpa come to visit for a month or longer, they're in the house, which uh, was something that left favor 20 years ago. I feel partly like all five of you are selling me something. Things are getting better in Darien. They're getting better over at Stephen Klingerman. He's got five people buying condos today. Scott's got the upper end uh, nailed. Arnold's going to double down on his bet in downtown condos. But wait a minute. The economy just lost 25% of GDP. We can't all be so optimistic, can we? Really? Well, when somebody says, do I need to act now and put my house on the market? Is this a fleeting opportunity or... Are things going to be fine for the next couple of years? What are you saying? You're saying that things are going to be fine and we can ignore that GDP hit? Yeah, but you got to look at the reason why it's happening. You know, when you have a financial crisis like we did a decade ago, the, it wasn't clear necessarily what was going to get us out of it, if banks were ever going to be the same again, if they were going to survive. We know what the fix is here. The fix is containment of the virus through quarantine, you know, through... Uh, a vaccine or treatments that work. I think that that will not last forever. I think the science will catch up to it at some point. I think that when we find out more about antibody tests, we're gonna find out a lot more people had this than anybody imagined. I just found out that my whole family in my house had it and you know we had very little symptoms. I think we're gonna realize this isn't as dangerous as we'd hoped, although it's incredibly contagious. And life will move on. I mean, I've been covering real estate for 25 years. And in that time, every crisis we hear, it's never going to be the same again. Everybody's going to leave the cities. Nobody's ever coming back. Nobody's ever going to leave here, live here. Nobody's ever going to live there. No one's going to live downtown. No one's going to live by the water. No one's going to want to live in the financial district. There won't be any jobs there. Remember a couple things, too this region can all benefit at the same time. It's not a zero sum game. And I think that will happen. And one of the advantages that we all have and that something Connecticut benefits from is New York City's economy. This which, region is suffering more. No, I, I think that in the long run, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the pandemic, I'm talking about the hopes because we have a fresh crop of people that are getting good jobs coming to New York City. It's not finance like it used to be. It's technology. Even though we were dumb enough to make a deal with Amazon and then break it, which was incredibly stupid, but we have an opportunity to still attract these firms, even though that more people are going to work remotely. I've been hearing since I started at Redmi in the 90s that companies are just going to leave New York. They don't have to be there. Everybody's going to leave. Everybody's going to leave. But it benefits the whole region. New York City's population is only going up. It's not going to go down. The difference is maybe the mix of who lives here. 
And the other thing to remember that more than two thirds of people in New York City are renters. They're not owners. Mm -hmm. So that is, you know, another reason why everybody can benefit. Renters do become buyers, but guess what? With the employment gains and the opportunities New York City have, every year there's a fresh crop of college graduates and people moving here for opportunities in tech, finance, real estate, hospitality, whatever fields they're in. This, we will get past this and we will see an economy that comes back, the pace of which every additional week or month we're closed gets worse. Obviously, things it's going to be a slower go. But I, I do think that we will have the ability to have a quick turnaround, not to where we were in February, but you know, we can't get back to three and a half percent unemployment as a nation when we're sitting at 15 now, probably headed above 20, even higher. But I'm very encouraged by the reduction in initial claims for unemployment and this at the same time reopening so much of the country. And I think that will help too. The, the suburban areas, I live in Long Island, we're meeting five of the seven criteria. Right now, last I checked, New York City is only meeting three of the seven criteria for reopen. So there will be a competitive advantage right away to be open for sure. But that will only last until everybody's back in business. So I think it's very easy to say things will never be the same. No one will ever want to walk into a high rise building, go to a restaurant. It's just not true. John, your, your comment about, you know, that we're all looking up. Look, New Canaan had some very difficult real estate years. You know, I sat on inventory uh, in Riverside. Uh, we built it. We had literally maybe a looker a month. We sold both of those houses within the last 40 days. Um, so there are some very encouraging signs. But yes, it is going to be a tough economy. I think... Did they come from New York? Uh, yes, uh, both both one from Manhattan who was looking for more space and one from Brooklyn who said it was time. He had a child starting education and, you know. Uh, Stevens Buildings? No, actually um, they, they found tenants to fill back into Stevens Buildings. It was uh, quite a show. But my, my view is yes, New Canaan Real Estate, Stanford, Darien, Fairfield County, um, you know, we're not getting 3% a month appreciation as we did years past. It's a much more uh, economical purchase. Um, and what draws people out to these communities, as Jamie said early, it's the parks, it's the open space now, which again, weren't in favor three years ago. Now, yeah, I think people are realizing that uh, it's nice to have a life in New York City, but um, geez, a little fresh air helps the mix. Yeah, and listen, we, we, we're not denying that it's going to be tough. I mean, there was an article the other day in the New York Times stating that, you know, major companies are telling their employees to work from home for the rest mm -hmm. of 2020. Yeah. You know, so that's the reality. You're going to have some tough times in certain areas in New York City. Lower Manhattan is probably going to be, uh, you know, not so vibrant for quite some time because a lot of the companies that are down in that area have already told their employees to stay home until things get better. But I do believe people will come back. You know, I started my career in the late 80s. New York City was hell. You had garbage piling up in the streets. You had 16 to 18% interest rates. You had a horrible mayor and, 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 and you had crime rampant, right? And everyone said, oh, New York City's dead. And then, you know, the early 90s, we started to, started to crawl back. And by the mid 90s, we were, we were really, roaring back and then 2000 came and we had the dot-com bust and everyone said well you know there it goes again and you know then 9-11 came a year later and then everyone said new york city is going to be dead forever and eight weeks later we were busier than we were ever before so you know i i'll, I'll always bank on new york city because it is the city that never sleeps but i'm not telling you and i'm not sitting here fooling myself that we're not going to be in for some hard times before it gets better unlike 9-11 We've got a, what, $6 trillion debt that we got to now pay off, right? I'll let Greg speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, don't worry. Steve Mnuchin said he's not too concerned because of the lower interest rates. You know, it's like, let's, let's uh, transfer a balance to a zero interest credit card for six months and think. I mean, look, 
the stimulus will not get us out of this. Let me just, let me just pause and say, you heard Jamie talking about the rainy day fund, talking about- You know what, you know what, John, though, John, you're forgetting- I'm nervous about that. Yeah, well, look, New York City had a multi-billion dollar rainy day fund. You know, Wall Street produces so much revenue. I mean, we've seen Wall Street bonuses get near $30 billion again. And that, that's a lot of revenue for New York State and New York City. But when you shut down your economy, you know, and, and I think that's, that is the big thing. When you look at how many people work in New York City, we're, you know, we're not talking about 50,000, you're talking about millions of people, that, that revenue just goes away and, and all that activity goes away. And as we're starting to see the damage now, I mean, New York State had an $8 billion budget gap before this happened because of Medicaid payments. Um, Connecticut wasn't doing too much better. There no, again, the, the, the New Canaan have reserves. New Jersey has problems too. They can't pay their pensions. I live in Nassau County. We pay people way too much money. We don't, we don't have enough money to pay our bills necessarily. And you said Wall Street helped us get out of it. Do you still have the same confidence that Wall Street will get us out of it next time? Because a lot of those Wall Streeters live in Darien and New Canaan, by well, the way. I, I didn't say we Wall need Street. It too. I didn't say Wall Street got us out of it. I think Wall Street keeps the city's coffers full of money um, because of the, the payroll taxes and, and everything and the money that they spend. You know, we always just say one Wall Street job supports two to three other jobs in the economy. Mm -hmm. But to go to Steve's point about New York City is always evolving. Since the 90s, no one used to live south of 14th Street in the, or in the financial district. After Giuliani came in and gave incentives to convert those old outdated office buildings to apartments, it's a booming area. You know, we realized we couldn't rely on Wall Street anymore, so we courted biotech and education. And, you know, now Facebook is here, Amazon is here, Google bought a huge building, that wasn't enough. So I, I again, I don't want to pit one versus the other. Everybody benefits from what New York City is doing. The problem is, is that you can have the strongest economy in the world and when you shut it down, it goes south real quick. I mean, when you think that over 35 million people have lost their jobs in under two months, basically, that is about as scary. That's over 20% of the workforce gone from, from working. That is about as scary a number as you can throw at anybody. But if, it's, if we're backing up and running by the end of the quarter and things are moving, it can be more, you know, more absorbed and things can get back to normal. Our problem in New York too is, you know, real estate is not an essential service the way it is in most other parts of the country, which has also hurt us recently. Good point. All right, That's we got about good. six minutes. So uh, each of you should make your closing remarks. I heard it's not a zero sum game, that, New Can that, that Connecticut and New York are gonna do just fine. Uh, Stephen Klingerman told me it was gonna be two years and then things will be great after two years of pain. Scott says the high end is great. Arnold Karp says the condos are great. Really? So you all have your, your last minute to close out in any order you want. All right, since I was the last to go, I'll be the first to speak. I'm not sure I said that the condos are great. I said that Suburbia offers a, especially at this point with- Hold on, hold on. If you had the opportunity to build 300 more, would you build them? Um, over time, absolutely. I thought so. Go ahead. And I don't know, no, but I, it's not just condos, John. My project is a mix of rentals and condos, different sizes, different shapes, different finishes, you know, um, their own air systems. They all have balconies. So again- I know, but you're optimistic. You've got a hundred and you wish you had 400. But, but, but what do I do for a living? I'm a real right. estate developer. We have to be optimistic. Otherwise, when we were in front of P&Z boards, we'd never make it till uh, Wednesday morning. So I, I'm not saying things are going to be perfect, but I, I think that you will see, just like our forefathers, a run to suburbia. Um, you will see people coming out for fresh air, parks, the things that New Canaan has to offer, uh, and Fairfield County has to offer. I, I share the optimism on the suburbs and I don't think it, it is, I, I agree that it's not a zero sum game. I think that New York City will lose something in the short haul, 
But again, if this is relatively short lived under six, you know, six months to a year, New York City has proven so resilient over time. And if you want the amenities, you want the people, the excitement, everything else, I mean, there, there is nothing, you know, that, that compares to New York anywhere in the United States. I mean, it's just a real special, interesting place. And it'll continue to draw people no matter what. Your clients have been affected more than most. Your, the, the, the very wealthy have been affected more than most by salt. And now you've got the pandemic behind it. Are you changing your business model? Are they changing their behavior? You certainly see the behavior change. I mean, the reality is a decent number of people go down to Florida and realize the fact that it's great for three months out of the year, but then they got to get out of there because it's just, it's, it's, it's not the same thing as being up here. And especially if family is up, uh, is, is up north, it certainly isn't the same thing. So we find that actually some of the uber wealthy now end up having two, three, four, or not even now, they've always had two, three, four different types of residences. And they maintain something up here and something down there, and they watch where their tax, you know, where their tax liability is. Um, but you know, Connecticut's awesome. I mean, yeah, and then same with New Jersey and Long Island, where I mean, you've got ocean, you got sound, you're within an hour of the mountains. I mean, an interesting part for just conceptually, I mean, if you're coming from New York City and you come to New Canaan or Darien and you get two acres, that's monstrous amounts of land, huge amounts of land. If you go up into the Hudson Valley and Bedford and Litchfield County and those areas, you can get 50 or 60 you know, acres for the same price that you're talking about for you know, a, a good sized townhouse in New York City. So if you want to escape, you're two hours away from New York and you could be very, you know, it's almost like being in the middle of anywhere. And, and again, in Darien and Canaan, if you're on four acres, you, may, you feel like you're in the middle of no place, especially coming from New York. And that's 10 minutes from downtown uh, New Canaan and, and an hour from New York City, from Grand Central. And listen, I, I, I think that, you know, first of all, I didn't say things will be fabulous in two years. I think things will be better in two years. Um, but when the jobs come back to live work from office environments, people will start to live their lives more normally and people will live in New York City. New York City is still the financial capital of the world. That's not changing. New York City is still where the majority, I think 10% of all the jobs are. And New York City is where the biggest and brightest talent of all is. You know, I was talking to a friend in the commercial side of the business in commercial lending. When they put up a job posting in New York City, they get 10,000 applications. Their same office in Florida gets 20 applications. So th there's a reason why people have their, their business here and that's not going to change. It's just going to take some time to get back to normal. And I would offer that those wonderfully talented people can enjoy the nouveau verbs is what, how I like to describe Darien because we have extraordinary growth happening here with housing choice for the first time. We're gonna have rental apartments, we're gonna have condominiums, all these things that were never possible in Darien before. And 12% of those housing units will be affordable, subsidized affordable housing. So. We're really expanding the offerings here along with the kind of retail that people are gonna be longing for, sort of that town center walkable, um, people getting together outdoors at coffee shops. So I'm, I'm really excited about the future of uh, the Darien suburbs and with my friends in New Canaan, the same for you. Uh, we've always tried to keep up with you and I think we're finally getting there. I think uh, you're right. I would just say in closing that, um, you know, New York City's economy will come back. It drives the region. Everybody will benefit from that um, once mm -hmm. people feel safe commuting again. And I, I think you have to remember that Manhattan is not trying to compete with Connecticut in terms of housing stock. We can compete with Brooklyn and Queens. You know, there, there are big houses, maybe not with acres, but large houses in the suburbs, which to Manhattanites means Queens and Brooklyn and Staten Island. So I think the area that everybody really needs to worry about competing is taxes. I think mm -hmm. these days taxes are huge. The loss of the salt deductions is huge. That's not going away anytime soon until you know the Democrats would have to get control of everything and then they could redo that. Um, but I do think that that's what municipalities should pay attention to. And it's great that you've done that in Darien. I think at the state level, where it's really important for us in New York City, 
th there's a lot of concern that they will drive taxes up to a level that will chase people away. And we don't want to chase anybody away. You know, what makes the region and the cities great are the people that live there. We saw it, as Steve said, it was in the 70s, it was in the 80s. People left, businesses left, and they didn't come back. We've been able to break that cycle. Now we have a problem. More people come to New York City, like in the last recession. New York City's population kept going up. And I, I think that that's the hope for everybody. And I think Connecticut, Long Island, Westchester, all these areas offer people to, I live in Nassau County because I grew up near the beaches here and I love it here. There's nothing against any other part. And I think we all feel the same way. And I, I do think that we draw a lot of second home buyers who would rather have a place when they're in town that's not a hotel because they, they prefer that. And those people want amenities. And that's what that's why our townhouse market has not done as well as our condo market over the last couple of years, because they can get something as big as a house all on one floor with every amenity known to man and some that we haven't even thought of yet. And, you know, be able to conduct their business and not have to worry about maintaining the outside of the building. And so I think everybody is going to come out of this fine in time. And I think that that is what's great about this region. There is something for everybody within an hour drive of, of so many places. And that's what makes it such a desirable area. Everybody is going to come out fine in time. I like that. Thanks, John. But you didn't put my name underneath it for you know attribution. Uh, no, it's fine. Don't do that. <laughs> Says Greg. I like that. I think that's a nice way of ending. I think that that's what we wanted to know. Is the boroughs to the burbs real? It is. Is it at the expense of New York? What I'm hearing is it's not because New York is such an engine and that the current pandemic, the current crisis will be overcome and New York will figure it out. But in the meantime, uh, when New York, that massive bucket leaks a little bit of water to Connecticut, it's enough to profoundly change the Connecticut economy. And we've seen already 14 of the 16 towns in Fairfield County are doing better this year than they did last year. And it only takes a little bit in New York to affect Connecticut. Um, I'm also hearing that Arnold's condos are doing well. Scott's luxury is doing well. Steven's got five new buyers while we've been on the call. Five new inquiries, not buyers, John, inquiries. <laughs> John, and John, we haven't started marketing yet. We've got people on a list. We can help um, with 50 but, people. But remember, <laughs> as, as Greg just said, um, you know, the amenities, I never thought in my lifetime I would be building, you know, units that are over 3,000 square feet on one floor where we would offer things like a tempered garage to park your car, a, a dog washing station, fire pits. You know, again, the whole level of luxury and quality has, has changed, certainly in, you know, the, the years that I've been in this. People want different things and you have to offer it. Otherwise, they, they're happy to stay where they are. All right. Well, I want to thank you all. I want, I mean, Scott's a New Canaan and, and Arnold's a New Canaan with me all the time, but I want to thank Jamie for crossing the border and joining us here. And I want to tell you that nothing, that anytime we have to make a decision in New Canaan, we always ask ourselves, well, what's Darianne doing? So when you decided to, to, that uh, lowering taxes was important and we're thinking lowering taxes is important, right? Right, uh, Kevin? I see Kevin around there in, in one of those screens. You know what? I think you are, it is great to have Darian so well managed right next door to be looking at. So thanks for all you're doing. And thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Greg, for coming out to the Burbs for this call and talking to us about this phenomenon. I, your perspective is invaluable to us out here who see uh, Connecticut, but we don't see the perspective from New York. So thank yeah. you. Oh, no, we, we appreciate it. You know, we've done developments in Connecticut as well. So we're, we're big fans of Connecticut. Well, Jamie, yeah, we've got some space for you. Yep. Come on out. We'll talk. build anything higher than three stories. That's okay. No, we're, we can, we're up we, to four stories now. We, we can oh. do three and four stories. We can do single, we've single family developments too. We look forward to it.
He's very versatile. <laughs> 30 right. plus well, years, you gotta be. And of course, Laszlo showed up on the screen. Where's Laszlo? Oh. Oh, all right, I'm gonna unmute Laszlo. You got any parting words? Laszlo, a fabulous mid-century modern architect and the, and the keeper of planning and zoning in New Canaan for the last 20 years. You got any perspective on this? Uh, are you uh, putting me on? Yeah, you're on. I'm, I'm on. You're on. Uh, I share the uh, enthusiasm and the optimism because I think we're going to get out, out of it and we're going to lower the taxes. We're going to protect the elderly population uh, to stay and not going to Florida and Texas. And, uh, and uh, we'll look for a better future. So you're convinced by all this optimism? I am. All right. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, thank you everyone. John, thank you, everybody. Good day, everybody. Hmm?